Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends and true believers. You show up for the 90s hairstyle, but you stay for the awesome content. I know you do. Woo! Another hot evening here in Kingston, my friends. Woo! I like it, though. I'm okay with that. I am Chris Machete Cochran, your favorite comic book artist slash cult leader. Is it a real cult? No. So we're going to dive right into this today. We're doing The Shining. This is uh, I'm going to do a deep dive on The Shining, but what we're going to do is I'm going to select certain things that are not overly talked about, at least... Uh, I hope they're not overly talked about. I don't know how many shining aficionados, aficionados. There we go. I don't know how many shining aficionados we're going to have here. But if you notice, my cat is cleaning themselves right about there. Thanks. Uh, So if we have people that are experts on the shining showing up, that's awesome. I would love to have your input on this. I'm trying to focus on some things that are not too woohoo and shit, uh, but also at the same time are not overly talked about. Okay, hopefully, hopefully I can fill your shining void here with, with some with some small tidbits uh, that are kind of like seeds that f- grow into some pretty awesome Easter eggs. We know how it works around here. Cult of Machete, know how does it work? And also, The Shining is my favorite movie of all time. Of all time, I love this movie. It is like Christmas time when I watch this movie. Now, the movie came out in 1980. Stanley Kubrick, genius in my mind. Uh, Here's his quote. Yeah, there he is right there. Stanley Kubrick. Story was originally written, of course, by... Stephen King. Sorry, I like to to make sure my producer's paying attention. So Stephen King, he wrote the book, and he did a TV show, and uh, the less talked about that, the better, in my opinion. We're going to focus on Stanley Kubrick's brilliant brilliant movie The Shining here's a here's a quote from Stanley Kubrick during this movie is it truthful and is it interesting enough said right there's more to it uh, it was it was a great run-on sentence that he had for his description of, of the shining but I like this one is it truthful and is it interesting then it's a good movie and it's both of those things it's all of those things, right? Okay, Stanley Kubrick, amazing dude. Picked this up from a book called The Shining from Stephen King. We all know who Stephen King is, right? Uh, it's a, Stephen King stuff, in my opinion, is a little hit and miss. Um, the kind of thing I find, now not to offend any Stephen King fans, but just to defend my whole admiration for this version of Stephen King's kind of vision is that I find that Stephen King has, uh, some of his stuff is lacking in some of his stuff, not all of his stuff. He's got some brilliant things out there. But I find uh, 50% of it, you you go in for the the ending and it's just, I don't know. It's like he's kind of, I don't want to say sold out the ending. I think he's more cashed in on the ending. He knows uh, which way to swing things. Tell people go like, wow, that's like so unbelievable that it's kind of cool. So I've been kind of disappointed with some of the endings. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, but 
what a brilliant guy to come up with this to begin with. If it wasn't for Stephen King, we would not have this. So thank you, Stephen King. And he's come around now, of course. He's come around now. Now, this movie came out in 1980. I was probably nine years old at the time. I watched it for the first time. See, I don't actually remember, but I'm thinking probably when I was 11 years old, 12 years old. And I remember watching it. Like, I remember the whole deal. I remember sitting downstairs on the couch and watching it. There was commercials. It was the TV uh, It was the TV version of it, so it was probably some stuff cut out. But again, I was really young. Again, you're 11 years old, man. Holy cow. So anyway, my point is what I got out of this movie the first time I watched it was a dad that lost his shit and killed everybody. Because I'm 11, right? I didn't read into all the little je ne sais quoi's that are going on in this music or this this movie. I didn't peer behind the magic curtain, as you say, uh, with Stanley Kubrick. Of course, I'm 11 years old. If somebody's out there and is 11 years old and has cracked this movie, <laughs> I want to meet that kid and I want to train them how to be a comic book artist. But when I was younger, I was actually attached to Danny. And of course, being closer to his age at that time, I really attached to Danny. And I, I also understood, being a huge comic book fan, I also understood the whole psychic uh, power kind of visions aspect. Is there any kind of graphic we can show to, uh, like the, the, the blood coming out of the of the elevator kind of things when when Danny visions things and connects into his psychic his telepathy I got it because I was a huge X-Men fan at that time loved Marvel Comics grew up on Marvel Comics so I got that but I attached to Danny more than anything and I just got the point that my point was that there was this psychotic alcoholic dad that was trying to kill the whole family and Danny was trying to save them because he was like a future X-Men so that was my first original take on the movie okay now once we got, I got older, of course, the more I watch, I've, I've seen, ah, oh, man. I've seen that movie more in Star Wars. It Shining is my favorite all-time movie. I can't even put a number on how many times I've watched it, because I've watched it three times this weekend. Or last weekend. Um, wow, how many times i watched The Shining? Okay, I don't know. A lot. What we're going to do is we're going to dive into a few of the factors that I think not a lot of people have dove into. Now, this one is just starting to become evident, and this is the Beatles' Abbey Road connection. Let's take a look at the covers. Oh, look at this. This is brilliant. Thank you. Wow, my producer is on the ball tonight. So look at this. So uh, obviously we have Abbey Road on the left screen. Top right, bottom right, we have the cast of The Shining from the opening. Do you get it? How cool is that? Do you get it? You got Ringo, Paul, Jack, the innocent one, John, quiet leader, Stuart Ullman. Ooh, Stanley Kubrick was a huge Beatles fan, wasn't he? And Stanley Kubrick was a huge Beatles fan. You can actually run this album through twice, and it will end, apparently, right at the end of the movie. And it goes along with the movie really well. Uh, the Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd kind of had that in common. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a huge Pink Floyd fan, but... And I'm not a huge <laughs> Wizard of Oz fan. So I'm not too privy to that, but they were comparing the fact that you could play the two together. So apparently you can play Abbey Road twice, and it matches up exactly to The Shining. Did Stanley Kubrick plan that? The name of the movie, The Shining, came from a Beatles song, from a John Lennon lyric. We all shine on, which is the basis 
of this not being a ghost story. You're going to follow me here on this. So my first one is the connection between Abbey Road and so many shots off the opening of the movie The Shining. So again, we're going to hit some hot spots. You know me. I'm in and out like a sniper. You want to research more of this, my friends, you should go for it. There's a great one called uh, Ice Cream. Ice Cream. I Scream, not Ice Cream. That's a really, really good one. Of course, uh, what, 227? Is that the number? No. 270. Ah, I'm blanking on the name of the... There's another one, Room, blah, blah, blah. It's the name of... 236. 236. I'm terrible with numbers. I'm so sorry. I I know when I was born, though. Anyway, anyway, we're going to show it later. Uh, The documentaries. One that you probably haven't seen, though, is I Scream. Ice cream, ice cream, that's great. So my second one that I want to go over here is the mirrors and the mirror effect of this whole movie. Now, let's just talk mirrors first, okay? There's so many... Wow, that's great. So first of all, the actual mirrors. If we look in the top left, not only is the mirror showing us what that word means, red rum, but it's backwards. It's, it's, it's mirrored originally to be shown in a mirror. Now, in the, in the top right, we have the scene where Jack gets intimate with a lady in the tub. And she comes out and he first notices that she's a corpse in the mirror. Okay, now let's keep going. We're going to go down bottom right with Jack. Every time he freaks out, he's standing in front of a mirror. Watch that scene again, my friends. That one is key. Bottom right, Jack Nicholson walking to the gold room, pissed off. Every time he goes by a mirror with his face there, see it? He'll go, Rah! and it's like stab. Okay, we keep moving to the left. There he is in the mirror again. Just loathing, loathing and loathing, loathing. It's Wendy, he's just loathing Wendy, right? Uh, and then the very, very center is when Danny gets his awakening. There's so much I could tell about that, but again, we're kind of crunching this down to stuff that hopefully people aren't too aware of. The first time that he becomes aware and loses his dopey aspect of the seven dwarves is when he's talking in a mirror. So again, deep dive this, my folks, my friends. This is the kind of stuff that if you look into, you'll be amazed with. And a lot of the backwards things, I'm curious, if you took the layout of the building and put it backwards, would it would it work? Because there's 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 scenes where they go into Stuart Ullman's office. It's like there's a window there; it shouldn't be there. I'm wondering, and I don't I, I don't have the brains to do it. But if you took the layout of The Shining of the motel and you a hotel and you turned it backwards, reversed it mirror wise, would it work out properly? That's interesting. I'd like to check out that. Okay, so that's my number two is the mirror effects, the backwardsness. Oh man, you guys got to look into when Jack's in the mirror and people are using the mirror. Uh, it's in there so many times and we've heard so many rad stories about mirrors being another dimension Mm -hmm. okay let's move on to number four this one's cool too what we're doing here is the the snow poster this one's near the beginning as well and this is uh, when young Danny is, is taking on the universe now you'll see the Ski Monarch poster in the top left large and then beside it smaller this is when he uh, the twins first Physically, because he has a premonition about them, as we just were talking about. When he looks in the mirror, he sees the blood, he sees the twins, and then eventually he will see the combination of the two of them. Um, big shout out to that phone booth there. I gotta say, though, you don't you don't see that much anymore on the foosball table beside it. But that monarch poster, I've heard a lot of people mention a minotaur, a minotaur. I'm not buying that one. 
I'm going, this is one of my own that has been backed up before. Monarch is the term for mind control in Montreal. And this was, what was the code for this as well, right? MK Ultra. We did a special on this, and this because this was in Montreal. It's just, it's honestly like two hours away from where I live here. Monarch is the word for the company that was doing, uh, the, or the drug they were using is something to do with the whole mind control thing the government was working on with the MK Ultra. And if you kind of look into this movie a little more, not kind of, if you definitely look into this movie more, you're going to see that the, the house is mind controlling. It's trying to control Jack to sacrifice Danny to the house because the house works off imprints. We hear from the beginning when uh, the when Stuart Ullman is saying, all the best people have been here, all the best, queens, kings, royalty, presidents. Well, we now know in today's society what these people were doing behind the scenes. And Stuart Ullman also mentions how this uh, the building wasn't picked for its skiing or its entertainment. It was picked for its seclusion. What kind of crap went on behind these walls with these elite? We're starting to bleed this into what is happening now, which is why this is relevant today. The imprints that all these elite people left in this building are now fueling the house. Ba-boom, mind control, monarch, MKUltra. Boom, love it, let's move on. Misinformation, my friends. We had some misinformation in this movie. Are you aware of the misinformation? One, Jack gives the impression that he's quit drinking for a lot longer than he really has. Okay, and he, he admits it in this scene. Five months. That's not what Wendy thinks. She thinks he quit drinking right after he assaulted Danny, which was a year ago, I believe two years ago ah numbers are horrible with me my point is that's a lie he explains how long he has really quit drinking for it, it was it was it was five months so there's one mislead there's one misinformation that is in there on purpose okay <clears throat> the next one is the grady brothers this one's brilliant do we have a shot of the Grady Brothers? We gotta bring up the Grady's. This is brilliant. This oh, one the here. Grady Brothers. We're just one of them. Just oh. the Grady's. Here we go. Now check this out. We start the movie with Jack talking to Stuart Ullman. He's applying for the job. Stuart Ullman says, "Gotta mention to you, dude named Charles Grady. Charles Grady. Key. Charles Grady. In 1970, the year I was born, killed his daughters, not twins." ages 8 and 10. Thank you for the picture in the bottom right, Lonnie, because this is going to come up. These are twins. This is Charles Grady that Stuart Ullman's talking about. In the photo with Jack right now is Delbert Grady. Look at Jack. You're a married man there, Delbert? Man! Jack Nicholson is awesome in this. This is one of my favorite scenes. Because he knows. He's like, wait a minute. I've seen pictures of you. I've read about you, which I will get into later. They don't say he's read about stuff, but he has. Jack's questioning. I'm like, wait a minute. I know you, but you're Charles Grady. You're not Delbert Grady. Then we find out that Delbert Grady killed his twins. Okay? Delbert Grady and Charles Grady are twins from different decades. Boom. I didn't know that one. I know. Boom. So... Do we ever see Charles Grady? Is there a picture of him? I'm going to get to that. It's all in a book. 
that was explained more in the book, in the Stephen King version. The Stephen King version, Jack found a, a big book with newspaper clippings describing what happened in the Overlook Hotel. In here, Stanley Kubrick hides that, but we do have proof that Jack has been reading. Okay, so he knows. Charles Grady and Delbert Grady are twins. Those are the daughters of Delbert Grady that Jack meets in the bathroom. Charles Grady, 1970. Kids were 8 to 10. Different. Different. These are Delbert's Grady's kids. Love that one. That one's awesome. Okay, if you knew about that one or if you have anything to mention about that one, I'd love to hear about it because that one is awesome to me. It just... It, it, and there's more to the twins thing. As I say, like, I'm not going to say... If I was to go into that one section, it would take my whole video here, okay? Now it's up to you to deep dive it a little more. Do some research. I'm deep diving on things that I'm hoping my Shining fans... My Cult of Machete fans are not too privy of. Okay, let's move on to number four. Uh, we got the mind control. Uh, oh, man. Here we go. Now, reading the history of the inn while typing. Here we go. So, I, again, I segue this. There is there. There's the book, my friends. Dang, good job, producer. Look at that book. There is so much information, newspaper clippings, everything from the lady that he met in the shower and how she killed herself or how... Delbert Grady killed her. How Charles Grady killed his family is in that book. Wham! So, if you read Stephen King's version, you're going to find that Jack did read all that stuff. They show it. They talk about it. In the movie, Stanley Kubrick does not point it out to you. He doesn't shove it in your face. It's done a little, little, little more clever, in my opinion. That is how Jack knows the difference between Charles Grady and Delbert Grady. And that's why you get such a comedic response. You're a married man there, Delbert? I love it. I friggin' love that. So check that out, folks, and watch it again, and there it is. Is that why he sees all those people in the bar? he's reading the history of it it's soaking him the, the house is soaking into him so that they can kill Danny so that the imprint of Danny is left in the house and they get all of Danny's powers boom I love this huh if you disagree that's cool just don't come at me but I'd love to hear different opinions okay I got one more and this one involves uh, the original ending yeah I know right did you know there was an original ending okay this involves the tennis ball. There, here it is here. You can Google this. You'll find it. All right. So here's what we got. Stuart Ullman comes into the hospital where Danny and Wendy are. Jack's dead. Ullman says, Mrs. Torrance, I'd like to take the liberty of suggesting that you and Danny come and spend a while at my place in L.A., at least until you get on your feet, get your feet on the ground. It would be great for Danny. It's right on the beach. You fall asleep with the sound of the waves. And in the morning, you open the shutters and there you are. Ocean, blue skies and sunshine. It wouldn't be any trouble at all. I've got a marvelous housekeeper and two spare bedrooms. I really think this would be in the, be the, the best thing for you and Danny. 
I won't take no for an answer. Ullman walks to reception counter. I'm on my way. Oh, I brought uh, Mrs. Torrance some flowers. Could you have someone put them in a vase for her or vase? Nurse, yes, I will. Ullman, goodbye, Danny. See you tomorrow. Danny, bye. Ullman moves away, then turns. Oh, Danny, I forgot to give you this. Catch. He throws yellow ball to Danny. See you tomorrow, Danny. Ullman leaves. Um, so that would that would show. Okay, so if this was if this was Kubrick's all original plan, Ullman's the villain because he's about to collect Danny for his nefarious plan. He's going to give it one more shot. Getting rid of this leaves it wide open. But if you go back and watch this movie from the beginning, keeping in mind this ending that it looks like to me but then again could he be protecting them no I guess you could look at it in the positive way that Stuart Ullman comes back hoping to protect them and, and keep them away from everyone possibly even train Danny or is he does he want another go at them and try and, and you know and get them I'm gonna get you wow that's cool huh well, the fact that he gave him, was giving him the ball is kind of insinuating. Yeah, the passing. ball. Right, right. After just saying that, you know, there's nothing in there. We found nothing. Uh, by the way, here's the ball. And, you know, Jack was really aggressive with that ball. He was. <laughs> the tennis ball is a big, uh, a, a big symbol in the movie, too, because it goes out through the whole movie. Yeah, I'll show you. Jack is just whipping it against the wall at one point. Now, here's the thing about Jack holding the ball and whipping it around. Does that mean that he's the one that lured Danny into that room? Because he's got the ball, last we've seen. Excuse me. Then we move on to Danny here, getting the ball rolled to him. So, and wouldn't that concur that Jack was the one that led Danny into the room? Possibly. Where he was scared and... Uh, because there's that whole overtone of the uh, sexual abuse that I'm avoiding in this one just for, you know, because that one's also been done to death as well. But the, the, the whole tennis ball connection throughout the whole movie is very interesting. The way, uh, especially the way Jack uses it so violently. And then uh, Danny is lured into a violent situation by that tennis ball. Holy crap, huh? That's super rad. That is super Plus rad. This, this scene here where he's throwing the ball. Yeah. And you see where the big wheel is. That's where... Um, Scatman Crothers gets this, killed. Yeah. There's also another scene where there's a doll lying there. Uh, and, and the scene... So scene like yeah. It's, it's, it's for totally... There's a lot of foreshadowing as well. So, see, there's a lot of that with the knives above Danny and the... Uh, in the kitchen scene and such like that. Another, uh, if we could just go back to my face here for a second, another uh, mirrored event that I forgot about. Now, a lot of people also question how Jack got out of the freezer. And I've got this up here on top of my page. It was one of the things I, there, the la, that was one of the things I got to talk about before we end here. We're only doing a half hour episode on this. He's in the freezer. He's stuck in there. He's talking to somebody and he gets out. Now, when Wendy, Scatman Carruthers, and Danny walk into the freezer off the beginning of the movie when they're getting the tour, and Scatman talks to him with his psychic powers, talks to Danny, they come out and everything's backwards. Again, this is the mirror effect, right? The backwards effect of everything, which I'm so, I'm so wondering 
if you just put oh almost down myself if you put everything backwards uh but anyway so jack there's two exits Freezer? Yes, there was the freezer, and it led over to another door that led to the pantry. Again, you check out the map, check out everything. <clears throat> but earlier on, when Wendy, Danny, and Scatman exit there, it's it's the opposite of when they went in. Okay, that's another. Th- the mirror effect is huge in this movie, my friends. Now, the other thing that we need to, re- in closing, in closing all, and all, there's so much. I know I didn't even touch on like the astronauts landing on the moon I didn't touch on the teddy bears I didn't touch on uh, any of the symbolisms the occult the occult figures at the very very end Jack's doing this Jack's got the pose on the end right there as you can see with the right hand up in the air and the left hand down like uh, like the pose like the, the satanic pose that we see usually the horned god using there it is there which is pretty wild so this is apparent, and again, this is so. 1980 would be the first time that he was reincarnated since 1920, 21. Mm-hmm. So that would be, and probably 79. We were thinking so. 1979 would be when Jack was reincarnated back into this character or this person or this spirit. With the same deal, backing that theory up with the Grady's. Is there a Grady in there? Oh, you, you know, I don't there know. No, somebody would have picked that out. Whoa, that's interesting. If somebody can find one of the Grady's in there. That would be amazing. 1920, because that is... Holy cow. No, 70. 70's when the first one died with Charles and then Del- Delbert. Oh, Delbert could have been older. There could be a Delbert Grady in there. I'm not sure. Well, they're twins. They are twins, yeah. Oh, right, right. So it would have to be within a decade or at least anyway. Okay, well, amazing stuff. Wow, see, I'm getting lost in it right now. With yeah, all the lore. Now, is that his real? Is this a real picture? Well, no, no, because there, there is. You can see that there is an original out there with the person in there, instead of Jack. The original oh. picture's all there, but Jack's been taken out. And the guy that's in there, as he actually looks a little more awkward than Jack does. It's pretty funny. Okay, so it's superimposed. It is superimposed. Look at that picture, though. It's that's amazing. pretty good for back in the day. For oh, graphics. that's amazing. <laughs> no, that's really, really cool. Okay, so let's go back out. So the Shining, my friends. I do, what did I touch on here? So I touched on. Uh, the Jack in the Freezer just now, the mirrored effect, which tags into the whole mirrored effect that I had that you guys should really look into. Uh, the Beatles, man. If you're a music fan, just check out the Beatles deep dives. Oh my gosh, they're amazing, okay? The misinformation that you're giving is straightened out eventually if you look into it. Hence, the Grady Twins. Oh, that's such a good one. I love the Grady Twins, okay? Uh, the tennis ball following it through the movie and researching that new ending or the alternate ending, which I agree with getting rid of. I do agree with getting rid of. The Snow Poster, MK Ultra. Just look at one of my old episodes. You'll find out all about that one. Yeah. Uh, the typing. Uh, when he's typing and he's researching all the history of The Shining, of the, uh, or sorry, the motel. Wow, that, that answers a lot of questions too. Good one there. And yeah, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, Stanley Kubrick is an amazing dude. And I love his movies. Him and Quentin Tarantino are probably my favorite. No, they are. They're my favorite too with George Lucas coming probably in around there occasionally sometimes um, I want to thank the Cryer Media for allowing me to do these kind of deep dives and such like that it's really really awesome uh, I'm not going to do the homeless uh, expose I've decided to stay in my lane got some great advice I just 
thought I would dive into it because it was affecting me. And usually the the, poli- the politics stuff doesn't really directly, it's not directly in my face unless I'm shopping. <laughs> uh, the homeless situation was in my backyard. But you know what, folks? It's it's not my lane. So I, I, I was saying that I was going to do a big episode on them. Not. I'm going to stick with what I know and what I do. The Cult of Machete stays in the lane. We do. What I have coming up. Man, we got October coming up, so I'm definitely going to do some deep dives on some horror movies. We generally do our top five or top ten horror movies, but I've done that to death. So I'm not going to do that this year. Shining's kind of a horror movie. I just find it an amazing movie. I just find it, like, an amazing movie. So, I don't know. I got something brewing for everything that's coming up. We have some great stuff with Machete's comics coming up. I just wanted to do a soul... Shining episode on some subjects and topics within the movie that I feel a lot of Shining fans may not be privy to and some stuff that kind of blew my mind. One last one, uh, when it starts, the names that go in as the... uh, Because the movie starts and you got, like, your hawk view following the little yellow car. A tunnel comes up and you get Scatman Crothers' name going in, Danny's name going in, and the gentleman that plays Stuart Ullman's name going in. Into the tunnel... Are they the three folks that have the gift? Is that a secret message right there? Watch that one. Three names go into a tunnel. Oh, that's a cool one, too. I don't know. That's like something that could be in there. So much stuff, my friends. So much stuff. I would love to hear uh, any other not obvious. (laughs) We know (laughs) there's scenes where the table's missing from behind and... I know how many times things were shot, and a lot of sub, sub, uh, like the knives over top of Danny's head in the kitchen scene. There's a lot of stuff that we are privy to that's been done a lot. I'm trying to trying to stay away from that. Give me some stuff that will uh, blow my mind, or comment on the stuff I put in there. Agree, disagree? I think everything's really rad that way. Again, thanks to Cryer Media. Check out MacheteComics.ca for all my rad comic books and artwork, and you can go to us on YouTube. What's what's the YouTube? Chris Machete. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris Machete on YouTube. Check out all my videos on there, music videos, these kind of videos, podcasts. And I have a lot of appearances coming up, but it's not about that today. Today's about The Shining. So thanks for tiny, tuning in. <laughs> Cheers. My best advice to give everyone right now is to stay in your lane. That was given to me, and I was like, I loved it. Stay in my lane. I got a lot going on in my lane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Peace, love. Be good to yourselves and each other. Oh, yeah, we got one more thing to show you. Sorry, yes, we do. So The Shining is so awesome that it's influenced a lot of things. Check this out. Well, it was a long trip, but we're almost there. Homer, did you remember to lock the front door of the house? Don't! Well, it's been two long trips, but we're finally almost there again. When you locked the front door, did you remember to lock the back door? Don't, don't! (gasps) Oh no! We left Grandpa back at the gas station! What about Grandpa? Thank you. That's great. Thank you, producer. Producer. Very cool. All right. So there's and there's other ones, of course. Here's Johnny came from Johnny Carson. Stanley wasn't aware of that. Ah, oh, I miss Stanley Kubrick's stuff. There's so much. 
conspiracy theory stuff to go with Stanley. If you like this video, one of my older ones does go over Eyes Wide Shut, which is getting some responses, more Stanley Kubrick stuff. Next week, we're coming back to our normal schedule with the top fives, comic book of the week. What else do we have? Oh, a different conspiracy theory and more stuff from Shetty Comics, my friends. Thanks for tuning in. I love you loving me. Peace, love. Take care of each other. Stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.